Hi, and welcome to another episode of QBT. I am Maddie Germs. And I'm Shawnee. And we're two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, and whatever the hell else we want. We just had our one-year anniversary. We're coming back to form. Back at it again. Um, back in action. Back in action. Back to uh, back. How many things start with back? Back streets, back. All oh, right. we're done. We're done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit. <laughs> okay, Shawnee, for today's sup slut, I wanted to know it's been five years of Beyonce's Lemonade. <gasps> Lemonade. Oh my God. Miss um, Lemonade, uh, I want to just like, let's reflect on her for a few minutes before we dive into some shit. Um, where were you when you first watched Lemonade? Yo, five years ago, Lemonade came out. Let's just stop for a second and think about how all of our lives changed. Okay. Um, I, was, I was actually in where I am now. I was in LA uh, in my little studio apartment. Um, I had a friend in town who was visiting me for far too long. Um, three months too long. And oh, this no. came out. Yeah, it's, that's a story for another day. Okay. <laughs> Don't let people stay with you without having a date to not stay there anymore is the oh moral of that story. Does she listen? Huh? Does she listen? Are y'all still friends? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> okay, work. All right, Either way, so, she um, knows who she is. That's your long um, guess. Yeah, so they were staying with me in my studio apartment. Lemonade came out. Um, I don't remember exactly, because like, we didn't know much about Lemonade. We just knew it was going to be like a short film by Beyonce. Because all we got was like a promo. Was there even a trailer? It was just like Beyonce, I don't there was HBO, a trailer. Yeah. Lemonade. It was like that, and there might have been like any like one image or something like that. But there wasn't um, like we had we had no idea what it was. Right? No idea whatsoever. It okay. was like another sort of. It was less of like a um, self titled like surprise album, more of like a. We all knew this was coming, but we didn't know what was going to be fuck? in it, and that it yeah. was going to be like a short film. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I was in my studio apartment in L.A., and I think it was a Saturday night or. Yeah, it was a Saturday night because I think she performed Formation that Sunday before it came on HBO, I think. Uh -huh. That's um, all we had gotten. That's all we had gotten. And I was like, oh, just ugh, just so excited. I We got high as fuck and just like watched it that night. And I think they played it back to back, so we might have watched it again that night. Maybe not. I feel like HBO might have only played it one time. I was with some white people um, at their apartment and it was like. Oh, fun. <laughs> that, was, that was um uh maybe i'll tell this story about these people later but um uh this couple and then a friend of mine um i think we got high i think i might have been the only like beyonce fan like mm. i think these folks are obvious like no one if you hate beyonce i feel like you're lying a little bit like none like the, these people aren't like i hate beyonce they just weren't like as excited as I was, but I was like, we were hanging out and I was like, we have to do this tonight. Like what, what else culturally is happening? Like we could sit at this bar and smoke cigarettes or we could go to your house and you have HBO and let's watch fucking lemonade. Right. And we did. And I think everyone was high enough and it was enough of a surprise. And I was like gagging the whole time that I feel like it, like the energy worked. It was yeah. really fun. I think I just was screaming for like, 
as yeah. I am at any time Beyonce's involved, I was just screaming yeah. for like 30 minutes straight. And it was like, hey, you haven't watched any of this film. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I should probably shut up and like <laughs> just be here. Um, I mean, we get the yellow dress. We get mm-hmm. like the whole narrative of the cheating and the whole shit. Um, and then we get the redemption, which is like the boring part. But yeah, I um, hate the redemption. It's actually funny. Last night, so um, last night we went out for like dinner and a couple of drinks, and I was driving back, and I was like, "Oh, duh! Like lemonade, five year. We need to put this on on this sure. forty five minute drive back to the house in L A. because everything takes forty five minutes to get to. Yes, it does. Um, and. I don't know. It was just awesome re-listening to everything. And then I had the friends that I'm staying with were like, yeah, somebody told us that like the whole cheating on Beyonce thing was like a PR stunt. And I was just like, no, don't do that. And they were like, well, somebody said it. And I was like, whoever said that is a Beyonce hater, period. Like, I mean, I think that that was like a big rumor at the time, but it just, I don't think it makes sense. Like, I think it was a fun conversation at the bar kind of thing. Like, is it a PR stunt? But like at this point, it just... I don't think it makes sense. Like, I don't think it makes sense for that to have happened. No. And I mean, I'll put it this way. It's probably the most, it's, it is definitely the most vulnerable, like, uh, most vulnerable album like Beyonce's made. Like, I think that, I mean, Mm -hmm. hands down that album, like to tell, to share sort of like a story of being cheated on by Jay-Z and like the impact that's going to have on how the world views them. Mm Mm-hmm. I consider it to be one of her most like, I mean, the the album itself to me is a masterpiece. I said it last night. I was like, she covers so many genres in that album. And I mean, most of the songs are like pretty solid. There might be, there might be one song on there that I can't even think of right now because I probably skip it every time that I'm going to say, "Eh, I skip, I skip love drought, sandcastles and all night every time. Oh, you playing games with love drought. That's my shit. But um, no, it's so boring. I like um, I I would prefer I prefer Pray You Catch Me a little bit. Like, I think that is a little bit of the slower song than like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Um, I probably Sandcastles. I think I skipped Sandcastles. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, like I forward is just an interlude that like, yeah, like thing is like just like I skip freedom just because I've heard it so many fucking times. Like, I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I get it. I get it. I get it. (laughs) I think I listen to Lemonade so rarely. One, because it wasn't available on Spotify for years. True. And so I I like rarely listen to it. And then when I've come back to it, though, the way that I felt watching her perform Freedom during that tour, when I hear that song, that's what I feel again. So Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like listening to that song. With the water kicking up everywhere? It just... Yeah. I just remember being so high and just like in these fucking rafters in seattle and still feeling like i was standing in front of her yeah like it just that tour was so cool and to have the tour followed up with that like on the run to tour it just i don't like that tour very much the limited on the run to tour yeah it was just I just, I don't think I like Jay-Z that much. And that just like, isn't, uh, you know, that's, that's like partially me being white. That's partially like, he's old. I don't know. It's it was like the opposite it. for me. I went to, so I saw formation and was like, lost my mind. I honestly blacked out. Like, I can't, I can tell you about the performances, not because I was like higher drunk, but because like literally <laughs> it was just like an out of body experience. Yeah. And I can tell you about every single one of those like uh, acts, like all of her performance throughout that. 
but like physically i don't feel like i was there like i couldn't tell you anything else that was happening like around i feel me. that way about on the run tour but that's also because i was like literally drinking like <laughs> i was drinking <laughs> we took this party bus i was like with my boyfriend and my boyfriend's like i was meeting the crew essentially like crew that lived in portland crew that lived in other places that came to seattle to come to this thing and we took a party bus to the thing oh yeah and i wasn't playing I, uh it was girl it was <laughs> the party bus got into an accident and only like four of us on the bus what? knew that it had happened because everyone was so drunk <laughs> before we got to the place like I love that. two people were like out like had to like leave and i was like in the rafters again but like higher rafters <laughs> with this you mushroom, girl. <laughs> with this mushroom tea that was in this water bottle and i am just like drinking mushroom water losing my mind i would go from like being so zoned in on the colors and being like beyonce and then i would be like so noticing how no one gave a shit about jay-z that it made me uncomfortable <laughs> like <laughs> the crowd would go like and then, like, Jay-Z would walk out and it just would go silent. Oh, All damn. these thousands of people silent. And I was just like, I'm embarrassed for him. And now I don't like being here. <laughs> like, It's almost like, I mean, it's uh, not even almost. I feel like this is what Beyonce did. She was like, listen, I'm about to make this album, like, dragging you. I'm yeah. going to have a whole tour that's going to be probably, like, my number one selling tour, dragging you. And then yeah. you're going to come on tour with me. So that you can see that people don't fuck with you, and yeah. that, and I now mean, you have learned your lesson. <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was one of the greatest cuckolds of all time. Yeah. Um, Ape shit is a great song. It's not even. I actually really like that little album. I just found the. I don't find Jay Z to be on the even. He's on the sort of like ethereal, uh, sort of uh, cultural context level as Beyonce, mm -hmm. but performance, performance. No. Oh no. No, it doesn't no. make any sense. Um, I mean, I did when I was at the On The Run 2 tour, I and, like, the Jay-Z songs came on, I did realize personally that, like, oh, I mean, Jay-Z has, like, hits and bops, and I know the words to them, even though I didn't know I knew the words to them. Sure, like, exact same. It was I, definitely I agree, one of those same. kind of situations, but I wasn't, yeah. to your point, I wasn't like, oh, a Jay-Z Jay song came on, I stood up in my chair, like, screaming. It was like, Beyonce came on, I'm standing up the whole time, like, a Jay-Z right. song comes on, I sit down and sort of just, like, the words along with him exactly exactly that's what it was it was we would go from like holy shit to like sitting down and being like oh i kind of know this and like yeah i mean it was kind of like this thing of like uh you know formation was for the girls and the gays and then on the run tour was like bring your boyfriend yeah <laughs> and it was like i mean smart it's like let's let's double <laughs> like, our money like obviously no. these girls probably have a man that they want to bring yeah. or these the formation tour was just one of the coolest bring. things i'd ever seen i had never been to a so stadium good. show like that and yeah despite kind of feeling like oh man this is a little weird to be so far away from something i feel like to really enjoy this you have to spend four hundred dollars which bothers me mm -hmm. but it was also still so incredible. That giant cube thing, it was it was oh, it. So it was good. so good. Which and by the way, there's a show on Netflix called uh, I don't remember. Oh, it's called Abstract. And I think like the third or fourth episode is the stage that? designer that made that stage Ooh. and also made 
Adele stage and made Kanye say like the, like a, a set designer who like made those uh, those stages, but specifically the one for formation. And she just talks about like working with Beyonce and sort of like cool. how she approached her and said what she wanted. And essentially, like to your point, like there's not really quote unquote, there's not really like a bad seat in the house because of the way that cube sort of worked. But yeah. I mean, there's still a bad seat in the house. I I still <laughs> wish a little bit that I could have seen Kanye like before he met Kim. Like Oh yeah. I wish I had gone to the Yeezus tour. That's what I wish. I wish I had gone to the Yeezus I wish tour. I had gone to that Watch the Throne tour. Like that was Oh sure. Yeah. Cuz Watch the Throne is Okay. I mean, not to dog Jay-Z again, but like that is this combo thing where like mm-hmm. it's energies coming off of each other and it's like you don't have Beyonce interrupting it to like compare it to, you know, yeah, like I bet it right. would have been fucking amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I also we got out of that Beyonce doing a rock hit with Jack White. Like that is one yeah. of the coolest songs. I love ever. that song. It's one I of her best songs that ever. Song. Yeah. And then she was at the CMAs with the chicks doing mm-hmm. that daddy lessons with the chicks. I, I never listened to the one on the Lemonade album. I listened to the... It don't sound right. Honestly, I listened to it last night and was like, mm, I feel like I'm used to the one with the chicks now. It's, like the, the, the one with the chicks <laughs> is so good. It sounds so big and it like... I yeah. I truly... I know like it's a lot of people's like least favorite Beyonce song. I <laughs> love that song so much. <laughs> when I'm I mean, like, it's the one country song that I in my life I can listen to. <laughs> I mean, right, exactly. And I... I just, I have also fully cried to it. <laughs> like, just like wept Well, that's to me it. in Love Drought. I feel like I have like bawled to that song. But that's oh my God, it puts reasons. me to sleep. Um, <laughs> okay. Is um, that enough, Beyonce? I hate saying that, but like, I know we did we 13 probably, minutes. I think this it was is not enough. a Beyonce podcast, although I wish it was. I know. Um, so to everyone who wants to hear about things other than Beyonce, I promise you we're coming a little bit back to form. Last week we did. Uh, you know, 21 questions. Thank you again so much for those submissions. And thank you for the five-star reviews that we got. Keep them coming. Um, let's move into some politics, pop culture, TV, film, etc. And what about it? And um, what about it? So, you know, let's start with something big that happened that's, you know, sort of serious. But Derek Chauvin, um, you is know, motherfucking guilty. On three uh, counts, On man. all like, counts. Uh. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I think, uh, I don't know. How are you feeling? Um, that's a good question. I feel like uh, my therapy, my therapist asked me that last weekend, last week, and she, I, I don't know. She was just like, "Did you have a second to like process that?" And I was just, I actually like kind of broke down crying. I was like, "No, I didn't," because my life doesn't allow me the opportunity. I mean, we sort of talked about this on the Twenty One Questions episode, I but I was just like, "My life doesn't afford me the opportunity to just stop and like." be emotional about every little black everything that happens to like black people not because i don't care but because like that's just a daily thing yeah um it's that compared with just sort of the like cool great y'all did the bare minimum congratulations like you know like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna applaud you for making a decision that was obviously the right decision like yeah no i agree i think um i think hmm one, we didn't get to talk about it last week because it had happened like two days later, right? Yeah. And then there was this mix of like, I genuinely, I'm pissed that I genuinely was not expecting this. Like, I oh, was no, not I wasn't expecting at all. Yeah. to sort of not receive, quote, good news. I also just think that there's lots of a need to pause the brakes on complete celebration 
and complete jump to justice because justice would have been fucking him still being alive. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. Like that would have been justice. Justice is, justice is preventative and restorative. Justice is not punitive. That is a fucked up American thing that we have in our head of that justice equals punishment. Right. That is not justice. That is not justice. And it's especially not justice when that same day a 14 year old girl is murdered by police who okay. called the police to protect her. So it's like abolition is the only answer. All these people are like, who are you going to call when you're in trouble? Not you, bitch. Not <laughs> I literally you. just said that to a friend, like the friends that I'm here with yesterday. I was like, girl, I don't need you getting kidnapped or like anything happening because I'm not calling the police. I can't call the police. <laughs> like, I hope you know that. And she was like, why? You don't care about me. I was like, oh, no, I care about you, but I care about my life a little bit more. Exactly. Like, I'm not... I'm not calling the police if you need the right. police. Sorry. <laughs> like, you and better like figure that, out somebody else. <laughs> that baby, like, I just, it's just heartbreaking. And then you have these fucking people defending why it's okay for police to kill children. And it, like, it's just so fucked up. Like, it is, there is this moment of reprieve of, like, wow. But see, that's something the thing. good here. But it's I'm holding like it is... such hesitation because I'm like, the system sacrifices people all the time to keep itself yeah. running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't I don't have time to sit here and applaud this one time a cop got, like, I mean, quote, unquote, what they deserved and, like, are found guilty on everything. Yeah. That did not change the fact that literally every day there are still cops doing the same shit and getting away with it. Like, yeah. you caught one. Cool. And yep. so what? You caught him and found him guilty. I highly doubt that man is going to be in prison, like, the maximum amount of time that he's supposed to be in prison. I'm almost... I'm, like, almost 100% positive that he'll be in prison for, like, a year and will be out. Like, or not know. a year, but, like, something minimal and then out on probation. Like, Maybe. there's a difference between... I being found guilty for something and what the actual sen sentencing is going to be. And it's like the sentencing is something else we need to pay attention to. I feel like a lot of times yeah. in these trials, a lot of people pay attention to the verdict and then walk away from the whole situation thinking, yeah. all right, this person was found guilty or not guilty. They'll get what they deserve. Let me move on with my life. And like, right. that's what I also fear is going to happen is that the sentencing doesn't happen for another, I think three weeks or something like that. Yeah. And at that point, like our attention is going to be elsewhere and nobody's going to like give a but he wasn't granted bail, which is kind That's of a good sign. That's true. That's true. That's like, um, you know, I mean, I I totally agree with you. I think that there's a white liberal mindset of like, yay, and like completely moving on, forgetting, and it's just like, Micaiah Bryant happened that same day, man. Right. Like, exactly. I, like it's just, I don't know. Whatever. Um, not whatever. That's not what I mean. I just it's not whatever. I just from a black perspective, it's there's a lot of. Um, at least for me, from my black perspective, I'm not speaking for all the black people here because I'm sure there are some people out there that are super duper duper excited about this. Um, it's just I don't know. It's it's difficult to celebrate it mm -hmm. when I don't think anything is going to actually change. Like beyond right. this, right? Yeah. What moves are we making to abolition as opposed to having these like? exceptions to the rule being mm -hmm. taunted in our face of like, but what about this? You know, and fucking, I, I got riled up again. The fucking Chicago police were like, someone tweeted out something. It was like, we're all Derek Chauvin. And it's like, that's the fucking problem. That's exactly <laughs> it. Like, Why like you you're tweeting that, this out as like, <laughs> oh no, this could happen to any of us when every other fucking one of us, especially black and round right. people in this country are like, that could be us. That could be us being fucking strangled on the street, man. Like, I, 
that that sentiment of these cops deserving a level of disconnect from the law that they're trying to uphold, it's preposterous. We all know this. There's no point to do this. Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California. This is news to me. She's as doing of it today. <laughs> Thank God she's running and not driving. Okay. You get it? Yeah, I get committed it. Committed manslaughter. Yeah, that was. <laughs> What is up with celebrities driving and committing manslaughter? Brandy did California, the same bitch, thing. They don't know shit out there. They're just like, <laughs> get oh out my God. way. You better get prepared. You need to get one of those, um, you know, those crazy taxi gr- grills on the front that you can just like scoop. Oh people yeah. Out. <laughs> I need to get yeah. I need to get one of those in just like a giant bubble. Oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> scoop, <laughs> can scoop, I have bitch. a driver? Can I just get a? Oh, actually, we'll talk about this when we get to TV and film. Okay. Um, what have you been listening to this week? Have you do, heard that Save Your Tears remix with The Weeknd and Ariana? No, because I don't like The Weeknd. I know. I, I And know. I definitely don't like The Weeknd when Ariana Grande is involved. Okay. So I think this is better than her song and him. It's like his song with her. And actually, I think it kind of works. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give All that right. motherfucker something. And I All think right. the song kind of works. All right. We'll I think see. it does. I think it does. Um, also, uh, Elton John and Rina Sawama. Sawa, this oh I God. heard. Yeah, uh, Rina Sawayama. Uh, Elton came and did an extra little verse on Chosen Family, and I've watched it like every other day this week. I truly like when I'm wanting a little bit of warmth. It just is. I think when I heard this song on the album, I thought it felt pandery. I thought it was like, I was like, Miss Rena, what are you doing singing about yeah. Chosen Family in an all slow? After this album that's kind of like rock hits and shut the fuck up and whatever about capitalism, you're going to have an album about like, I like gay people too. I think in this year, I've kind of understood that this feels a little bit more personal and not gimmicky to her. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially the way that she's talked about it. And I just appreciate it a lot. It's a very cute video. She also in the same week did a NPR tiny desk and sings it there too. And it's so cute. And on the tiny desk, she's just like, you can just tell how much she's wanted to tour with this album and hasn't been able to. And so she's just so excited to be able to perform and share this music. And it's very, very cute. It's very cute. Rina. Um, Do you know who baby storm is? Yeah. Like, uh kylie jenner's baby yes no uh, <laughs> baby stormy no so actually i had to look this up to see if it was pronounced like that but no baby storm is this alt black girl who had um a kind of indie hit called jackson run around on tiktok so when, when we're done with this i think you'll might recognize the jackson song it, it had like thirty-three thousand like tiktok videos or whatever she was trying to negotiate management and get picked up and it didn't work. So she released a TikTok last week for her new single that's out. I guess it came out Friday called Pom Pom. And is like, listen, I'm an indie artist now. I'm trying to make this work on my own. It's very cute. It's um, she's essentially trying to be the black alt girl. So she's like doing she's essentially doing like a, a Beyonce rock kit. But it's like it's like very Haley Williams Paramore kind of shit, but doesn't sound like 2007. It sounds like now it sounds right. modern, but it's like a cool, beautiful black girl doing it. Her name is Baby Storm. I'm just like Baby I listened Storm. to it a little bit this week and I was I was sold. I'm into it a little storm bit. with an E at the end. Yes. Not like um, a storm cloud. Right. Baby Storm me. Um, what are you watching? Oh, so I've been watching... Okay, so <laughs> this is why I made the comment earlier, but 
Okay, Thursday night. I have to give you a whole story to tell you what I've been watching. Sorry, this is how my life goes. Um, Thursday night, I went to WeHo, and what I thought would just be a casual dinner turned into like us all being really drunk. And I don't know how we got so drunk, but it happened. Um, And whatever, we got super drunk on Thursday night. (laughs) Woke up on Friday a little like oh, I don't feel good at all. Like, why, how, I just had two drinks last night. Why do I feel so hungover? Long this story short, Thursday? this is Friday when I woke up. Okay. I was super hungover. Um, if you guys ever go to the Abbey in WeHo, they give you really strong drinks. We didn't realize it until after the fact. But sure. woke up on Friday, very hungover, got through work. Everything was fine. Um, but when work was over, when I tell you it was like six o'clock, and that computer closed. Um, I was like, I am going to sit here with my friends and just veg out in front of this television, which, by the way, they had been doing all day. Like I was in uh, the room I'm staying in and I could hear them watching The Circle, um, which I introduced them to. So you sort to. of watched The Circle. I love The Circle, honestly. Okay. Um, so when the second season came out, which is out now on Netflix, um, I told them, like, we have to watch this. This is so good. And then I got them hooked to it to the point that, like, they were watching it without me. And I was like, all right, well, Hold I up. have to work. But, like, <laughs> sure, catch up on the whole series. <laughs> Anyways, on Friday, when I tell you I watched all of The Circle, like, this, well, this first half, because the second half doesn't come out till next week. Mm-hmm. Um... I watched Mortal Kombat. I mm-hmm. watched, I introduced them to the other two, which we talked about like two episodes uh-huh. again. And we watched that whole first season. Yeah. And then what? Oh my God. We watched the first. Se- oh my God. And then they wanted to watch them. So oh. I did not watch the first two episodes again, but I did watch episode three and four because I was with people and was still stressed out and was like, I don't know how anybody can watch this show like consistently. Like, it's like you want to have a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to throw out that I have a correction from like when we last talked about it. So it is a lot of black writers and like black folks involved. There is only one episode directed by a black person. So uh, uh, the one, the woman who is doing the uh, the Twitter movie, Zola. Uh-huh. uh-huh. She directs one of them, and that's the only that's the only one directed by a black person. All the other ones are like sort of it's black produced, and then the writers' room is like diverse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then anyway, so I just. And then I've just seen a lot of people write about it and just be like, this just feels like black pain for black pain. I don't understand like what that's the exactly what the point is. is. But anyway, and I'm just, afraid for episode five, my friend like read review or like Loki just like spoiled the whole thing for herself because she was yeah. just like, I don't know that I'm going to ever sit down and watch this whole thing. I do that. All so time. I've yeah. made it to episode five, like literally the beginning of episode five. And she goes, oh, this is the fucked up episode. I was like, uh-huh. this is the fucked up episode? At the, like, compared to what? And she was like, yeah. no, this is the one where shit, like, goes down. Like, it's pretty brutal. And then I saw there was, like, a warning before that episode that I hadn't seen before the other ones. And I yeah. thought, oh, I don't think I'm ever going to make it past episode five. Like, I, I don't even don't need to go down that road. Nope, yeah, it's I not. I haven't decided. Anyway, so the, the circle. circle. I watched a lot of The Circle and Mortal Kombat this weekend. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's try and get through this pretty quickly. I feel like, for me, The Circle... The first season, I didn't vibe with that much. I think I just didn't like any of them. Like, especially the guy who won. I hate him. Joey! I fuck that guy. No, hate that guy. And um, 
shoe bomb's cute but his entire like ethos is it's annoying it's annoying that he's like be yourself social media sucks and then he just like wins a social media competition and then is like i told you if you're yourself and it's like actually other people do that too you fucking like uppity bitch like no oh, i don't i don't like God. that the only one i the only one i like Hot is sammy Shub. <laughs> i like um i like sammy a lot i liked sammy a lot i thought she was cool i wanted her to win and then i loved the gay one he was like a weird christian a little bit so i like i didn't get all that but yeah um but loved that this new season though i like the cast a lot like this cutthroat it's a lot more cutthroat like they're in it with like a strategy versus yes. like the first season where everybody was like trying to be friends in a weird yeah. way. Like I nobody here is River. actually like trying to be friends. I hate River, but I really like the old man that's playing River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I hate that he chose that character. I think it's such a terrible character to choose. Bad. But I love him. He's so cute. I can not think Courtney. that like River would be the first person that I put in like my bottom eight. I'd be like, listen. Easy. <laughs> You might be like queer, but like no, <laughs> like you're you get on my nerves. An old like, you're person. just on my nerves. Like, yeah, he's, just, he's obviously an old person. Like, like I, I don't buy someone that's like that modely and on the beach, not knowing yeah. how to use word. Like that person, it'd be different if he chose like a thirty-year-old. He chose like a twenty-year-old. It doesn't make it's it stupid. Makes no sense. I can't. If he gets much farther, I can't believe it but um i love courtney i want courtney to win talisha tara alicia was my number one i don't know how the fuck she fucked that i don't game know up. how that went down i tara mean alicia was alert. the coolest one tara alicia was literally when i when she busted on the scene i was like oh this is she's it. my winner like, that, i want her i want her to win like dope smart ass black woman who also like is keeping it real and clapping back <laughs> she says uh influencer crazy Oh, how did she say it? She says like, not well, I had it as soon as I was going. She just has like a really strong Influencer. Southern accent. She says something like influencer. Like, it's like, you're one of the top oh, two. Yeah, you're yeah, an yeah. influencer. And she's like, I can't believe I'm an influencer. It's like, that's not how you say met, that word. Have you seen, have you met Kat yet? Oh, love her. Yeah. Kat's love cool. Kat. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my top three are Kat, Courtney, mm-hmm. maybe trevor but i feel like chloe is the obvious is the one that you need to put in the top three there's no way they're not gonna let her i just she's chloe gonna is, go to the end probably i mean i like chloe only because cool. i'm like that's that's who this girl is i mean even if she's putting on an act to like for attention because she, she's just used to being on reality shows she makes the best tv consistent. for sure <laughs> she is she is in that room with the rest of the country everyone else is in that room with that tv screen you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. also think that the show would work so much better if the first episode or two we as the audience only get the persona and then it's revealed who those people are oh, to the audience smart. later. Because like when I watch someone come in and be like, I'm so-and-so and I'm going to play this person. And then they're like, circle message. Like I hate the format of the show so much. And I don't understand why there's so much screaming on a show where nothing happens. They scream so much on that show. I love it. That's why I like it though. Because that's Ugh. me no, in my apartment they... by myself just constantly screaming at nothing. No, it's too much screaming for me. I'm like, I need, I need just like whisper like why is everyone so like when the alert comes on it's already an alert and then they go ah! 
not like just screaming. Which, by the way, like, is completely. I mean, we all know it's staged, but I chuckled yeah. so I chuckled so hard on one of the last episodes because they were all clearly like getting ready for bed, bed. or like in bed, <laughs> and the alert came on, and I was like, "Y'all knew damn well this alert was coming." Because first of all, girl, you were in the bed with every light on in this apartment. <laughs> like that is yeah. not how anybody sleeps. Yeah, I think that my, I think um, there's aspects of the show I liked, but. I'm not able to fully buy into it and really jump into just enjoying it because it's so fake. Like, yeah. the really, I think the, really the only thing that is really keeping me like glued in is Michelle Buteau. I just, I will listen to her say anything. Like she's, she's so great. I love so her. So good. I watched her stand up. Uh, actually, I introduced I had this these people I stay with. I introduced them to everything. If you guys have not picked that up that stand up is really good. The Netflix one, the Netflix one, yeah, it's really um, good. It was really good. Mortal Kombat. I saw that you were live tweeting Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, I I you know yesterday at like one p.m. you texted me that you wanted me to watch Mortal Kombat, and I was like, okay, so I'm gonna get a real stone <laughs> to watch this. And I just sat in my bed and I live tweeted it. I took a break to go eat some snacks, and I came back. I'm happy you took a break because I did not. And I at one point was like, is this movie over yet? <laughs> like, mm. where is the actual tournament at? We didn't get one. There it definitely feels one. like part spoiler one. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it was definitely like a part one thing. I mean, honestly, spoilers for this movie. It's like it's a reboot and like is a video game movie. There's nothing to spoil. Like, it's just a fucking it's blood and like people like ew. There's nothing. There's I, no do, I did line. love the amount of like gore in it. Like it took it, me about so two minutes good. to like readjust my brain to like, okay, this isn't like meant for like children. Although like yeah. children could totally watch this because who cares? But um, no, that yeah, first there was scene a lot when, of like, gore. <laughs> sexy eyebrow Iceman comes in and like, yeah. and he like freezes the, the mom and then the other guy comes and they're like, s- the scorpion man is like, you know, the slicing his thing man. around. And I then, um, and then it was just like, I was like, oh my gosh. And then I was like, oh shit, this is only the first 12 minutes. Like this felt I saw so you said, long. Oh, this is, oh no, this is only the first 12 minutes. <laughs> and I cackled because I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah. we have to get through a whole movie with more characters. By the way, I dare to say just about every, everybody except for the guy with the four arms is pretty hot in that movie. Like Everyone's so hot. All the guys, I was just like looking them up. And they're all like, I don't know. I was just like, y'all are all hot. I also found it strange that they're all like Asian mixed with like British or like Canadian yeah. or something else. I was like, all right, that's weird. But I mean, they're all the things hot. that I the things that I really liked about this movie were the gore, the action sequences, the death sequences. All of it's cool. What I hate about the movie is that it wants me to root for the most boring fucking people. It yeah. wants me to be on Team America with these fucking like. Ex army fucking people, and I'm like, you have literal demons coming yeah. out from hell, and you want me to root for this dude that used to fight that doesn't know his powers yet? Ew! I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about Sonya Blade, like, and her rivalry with Kane or Kate or whatever the fuck. I don't yeah. like. I don't like Spinny Top Man. Like, cool. Spinny Top Man. <laughs> I mean, I was so glad when he died, and I like. I just. You have that big scary face bitch, Maleficent or Militia or whatever her name is. Yeah. Like, she is the coolest one in there and gets the least amount of screen time. And then that winged Grimes ass bitch is like kind of swimming through and is just so cool. Every everything. <laughs> but it's just like, where is Jade? Where is Sindel? Where is yeah. Katana? Like, next obviously next this movie, movie is yeah. <clears throat> 
it just is very like too fast, too furious for me. And I like, I need, I need a flipped version where it's like, we are here to see titties. We are here to see blood and titties. And I want women to fucking rule. I don't give a shit about when he went back to yeah. his family. I was like, good, leave him there. I don't want to see that man again. Oh I my God. Want, and then when they I, were like screaming. Ugh. Yeah. And then when they were like screaming because he was like fighting the big monster thing. And I was just like, why are y'all still there? <laughs> like, yes. Y'all are stupid. They, they literally had two women to exist only to be an emotional pull for these people. They have no other characteristics in this movie except to exist for this man's emotional output. Yeah, that's it. And that's this it. woman can't act. She's just like in a ponytail. I would have enjoyed it much more if it was Allie Larder instead of this woman named Allie. I would I could have like oh, I would have I could have fucked with some Allie Larder in this movie. Because there was very some like final destination vibes in some of it. Like he'd be sitting there and like get a flash of his death or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um the ending also, now that you bring that up, I'm out. over here like there were no there was there wasn't there were no Asian women except for the wife in the beginning who got killed. Um I mean, was Scary Mouth an Asian woman? No, I don't think she was like something else. She looked like something else, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, what we don't need to talk about That's that. Probably, but I just, for but, me, okay. Outer World was just the coolest space. And I just, I'm so upset that like they framed this story and this reboot franchise around some of the most boring characters of the franchise. Like yeah. it just, and the coolest ones they killed. Were they killed in cool ways? Absolutely. There were some awesome fatalities, but. Oh, all that was also very forced. Um, I like, like I mean, flawless, I like that though. It's flawless execution or like whatever. I was like, all right, dude. <laughs> okay. To me though, that movie is that level of stupid that like, if it hadn't gone there, I, I don't buy the first half of the movie. I was like, this would work better without dialogue. Like I would have rather just them like pointed to shit and walked in somewhere than have them be like, Welcome to so and so. You have the marking because you're a part of the tournament. Welcome to the tournament. I am yeah. here, and we're. I had a movie that explains it to me. It's like I, I get no, it. Like get I'm, it. A, I'm an adult can, that has. I'm, my sense. eyes can literally see. Like, <laughs> I can just see. I don't know. Um, it's like the I, thing that said Mortal Kombat. She was like Mortal Kombat, and I was like, <laughs> I can read that. You don't need to say it to yeah. me. <laughs> no, it's very. Um, it's a movie made for very stupid people. I feel, but um, it. It works in a lot of ways. I think um, I definitely had fun watching it and is another testament to me that that type of movie is what it, I want to watch that type of movie in my home. Yeah. I don't want to see that type of I don't want to pay to see that. Oh, type my of God. Movie. I would have been I so want mad to pay to see a movie see that. that's like art. I don't want to pay to see fucking dudes being like, how do we kill each other? Like, I don't care about that. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. I thought it was fun. I, I'm happy you enjoyed it and thought it was fun. That's what it was for me. I mean, on a Friday night after coming out of a hangover, I was like, this is great. This is the exact yeah. kind of mindless shit I need to just like sit down and watch while I stuff my face with Korean fried chicken. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Not mindless, but Couples Therapy Season 2 came out and just like, I'm not going to go on a rant again, but it just, it's so good, guys. I just, the show is so beautiful. I love it so much. Um... There's this movie on Prime with the bitch from 13 Reasons Why, mm -hmm. the one who killed herself. It's called Spontaneous. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it. It's been on my list. Um, I I think it actually got like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. I didn't look wow. that up until afterwards. It's about like, like people just like 
so like uh exploding like human combustion so right? it's a classroom there's a there's a class of like 30 or 40 high school seniors and for some reason they are exploding randomly like just spontaneous combustion or not that combustion kind of shit like scares me <laughs> i mean it's kind of freaky it like they they have this whole et thing where they're being studied by the government it's it's basically like a love like a little kind of rom-com teenage rom-com with these outer elements of like the fear around like growing up and leaving yourself behind and who gets left behind and who actually Ooh. gets to has a future gets to have a future um i could give you 13 reasons why you shouldn't watch it but honestly like i there was enough okay. that i enjoyed about it that i think it's cute i think it was cute <laughs> I, I hated that joke. <laughs> You're welcome. How do you feel about the Drag Race finale? I didn't watch it yet. Okay. Um, well, I tried uh, to last night, but then VH1's doing that dumb thing on the app where I think they're making you wait till Monday to like watch the most weird. recent episode. Whereas every other episode this season, you could just watch it the next day. Um, no. I so came over to your house stupid. to watch it live. So it's yeah everybody maddie is at my house right now and it's also really strange looking at you in my bedroom because i'm like oh this is what everybody else sees yeah. i probably look cute as fuck you are cute as fuck um oh one other wanna... quick mention on oh, tv what? and film there's this movie called synchronic on netflix with um anthony mackie and jamie dornan i have not made it all the way through the movie yet i'm like halfway in but i'm kind of into it it's pretty good it's like essentially a narcotic um Essentially, imagine, like, if acid was just, like, killing people. Like, the drug acid? Yeah. Not, yeah, I guess that should have clarified. Like, LSD okay. or, like, acid. Like, you trip enough that, like, you don't. I don't know, the shit becomes real and kills you. That's, like, what essentially. What is it called? Synchronic. Synchronic. Where is it? On Netflix. Okay. It's like I'm a weird, it's like one of those thrill, like thriller, psychological thriller, like kind of things where it's like these two EMTs that keep like responding to these deaths and they're all just like really weird, abnormal deaths. And you find out that this drug is like making people's hallucinations like come true. I think, oh. I think that's the premise of it. I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> Do you remember that movie, A Scanner Darkly? Yes. I just loved that movie. It kind of, <laughs> the plot kind of reminded me of that a little bit. It's not the same thing at all, but like I... A Scanner Darkly I saw in high school, I think, and I was just like, this is the coolest thing I've yeah. ever seen. I mean, the uh, the animation is is great. Yeah. Um, let's wrap up this pop culture shit. Uh, Kalani, you know, baby finally came out of the closet. She said that she came out of a glass closet. because I, mean, I was like, girl, I was like, I thought we already knew this. I know. I think, <laughs> I think she might have, like, announced that she was sort of maybe fluid or kind of open to things a while ago but this was when she was like no 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 i'm i'm just a lesbian that's what i am i am kalani and i'm a lesbian yeah. um which good for her i love that did you see this whoopi gold variety cover no i'm, I'm looking at it now. oh my god babe she looks so beautiful and she just looks like hollywood royalty like she just she's in these like black ruffles like fully enveloped um I'm trying to see. Oh, yeah. The one also where like if you scroll further down where she's got like the the pink and on the blue and mm -hmm. the, like little white hat. She's like looking a little Erica Badu, but like very. Oh, cute. yeah. You know, I love me some Whoopi Goldberg. She has one of my favorite quotes ever. If it's actually her quote. What is it? Explaining why she would never get married. Oh, 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 oh yeah. I don't want a man in my house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just like accurate. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want nobody in my house. <laughs> like, yeah. It's that simple. 
And I just want to go on like a tiny minute rant before we exit out of this thing. But like, so Russell Crowe is supposed to star in this new Thor movie. And I just like. The one with Natalie Portman. Okay, fine. She's back. She's going to play Thor. Okay. I mean, that seems. Lady Thor. Whatever. I know she was in that one. And I just. Natalie Portman. Whatever. I mean, good for her. I don't care. Russell Crowe, though. Fuck that guy. And whatever you feel about Azalea Banks and. You know what she has said and what she has done. Oh, she has come out with this new song called Nirvana. We're not going to put it on the playlist, but it's this Spanish language song and it's a little bit of a bop. She's the one person that I have to like fully like separate art from artists. But yeah, she even if no matter what you feel about her, Russell Crowe spat on her and called her the N word. And there are people who have verified this. Rizzo was in the room and has verified it and still gets to have a career. And so, like, why does he get to still have a career and, like, the person he spat on and called the N-word, like, doesn't? That, like, pisses me off. The same thing with this fucking HBO show, Wall Street. Why the fuck does Mark Wahlberg have this career? Is is there going to be an episode where it covers him, like, beating that dude up to a pulp and him, like, using racial slurs at him? Like, Mark Wahlberg is a piece of shit motherfucker. Why do these men... We know why. They're white. Sorry. I just... I got I was there reading all this information about all these dudes like fucking getting not just like a third wheel role in some like B-side Showtime show. These are like big it's a full HBO Max show about Mark Wahlberg. It's a full giant fucking role for Russell Crowe. Like that man's a yeah. piece of fucking shit and I just I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean I get it. It must it all I can think is it must be nice to White privilege must feel great. <laughs> I, I don't fucking know. Awesome. Let's take a break. I have no idea. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Um, for our first episodes of our year two, it's not really a second season because we haven't taken a break, but of year two, um, no breaks, wanted, no time off, no, no time PTO. off, not, not yet. We don't anyway. get paid anyway. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, um, we decided that we're actually going to try something a little new. We're going to have a little bit of a two-parter. One, so this episode doesn't become two hours long. And then two, so you have a little something to look forward to. So we're going to be talking about stress and specifically adjustment disorder. And then next week, we're going to talk about what we can do and interventions and things we can try to relieve some of that stress from therapy interventions. So what does CBT, what does ACT, what does distress tolerance, what does some vagus nerve exercises, what are all these things Mm -hmm. that we can think about when we're trying to alleviate stress? What are some things that a therapist might help you with? But that's for next week. For this week, we're going to focus on adjustment disorder. Shani, why are we talking about adjustment disorder? Why, Why is that coming up for us? Because your girl is stressed, okay? Um, (laughs) No, I mean, it's. I said it on the last episode. I've been saying it on, like, every episode leading up to this. But, I mean, I'm moving to L.A. soon. I'm in L.A. right now figuring out things. And um, even before we started recording today, I was like, I am tired. Like, this is not, this isn't, like, a fun vacation trip. Like, this is, like, essentially a work trip where I'm, like, figuring out my life out here. And um, I don't know, like the last few days, it's just been sort of a tug of war in me of 
not like not wanting to move to LA, but just like just taking in everything that's going to happen like when I move here and sort of like what life is going to be like and what meeting new people is going to be like and what it's just going to be like reintegrating into this place that I lived for a year and then left to go to a place like Portland, which is, I dare say, like the complete like solar opposite of a place like LA or like New York. Um, So I don't know, like I just... I've been processing a lot the last few days um, and adjustment disorder came up for me because it is also something that um, a good number of my friends were diagnosed with. When we like were in grad school in New York uh, that first year or two, because I mean, that is also just like a culture shock depending on where you're coming from. It's yeah. completely, it's a completely different way of living. Yeah. Um, so that came up for me because I just started to, I started to sort of anticipate my own potential diagnosis of adjustment disorder when I moved yeah. to LA because it's going to be a completely new world to sort of navigate and learn. And I think yeah. that I'm already starting to feel some of the anxiety and stress around maybe adopting this new sort of like lifestyle. Yeah. Not to say that, you know, it's not necessarily a change of who I am, but it is a change of how I like maybe operate in the world um, because of the place that I'll be moving to. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying about this sort of anticipatory. It's both anxiety because of the anticipatory stress that you're thinking that you're going to have and then also recognizing how you're going to handle that stress when you deal with it. Right. I feel like potentially you might have the skills, though, this time around to not dip into what we might classify as adjustment disorder because of your previous diagnosis and your work that you've been doing in therapy to maybe prevent the what can happen with adjustment disorder, which is essentially like this locking and inability to kind of like process it is. Mm -hmm. And the thing about adjustment disorder, according to the DSM, which like go back to our episode with Layla about uh, why the DSM is a little bit shit. But um, when we think about the DSM, which is the diagnostical diagnostic and statistical manual, it lies under these um, uh, series of diagnoses underneath trauma and stress-related disorders. Um, The specificity of adjustment disorder is that it is an extreme emotional or behavioral reaction within three months of a stressful or monumental life event. And then technically, the other thing that makes it adjustment disorder, uh, despite something else, is that it technically doesn't last longer than six months. So we're thinking about this kind of short-term inability to adjust. Um, and it the reason that this gets kind of tricky is because like within the DSM, it also talks about like, we're not talking about normal adjustment. So like, what does grief look like? You know, am I having adjustment disorder or am I grieving in a pretty normal cultural way? You know, and, and we've had conversations about how we don't actually grieve normally as a culture. So am I going to get diagnosed with adjustment disorder? Because I'm responding negatively to the ways in which society negatively deals with grief does Mm -hmm, that conundrum mm -hmm, make sense you know um but you know because you can also when i'm looking through these examples you know moving divorce loss of a loved one um the birth of a sibling serious illness moving to a new new school marital difficulties retirement honestly a natural disaster or traumatic event such as like sexual assault or like you know a lot um, a robbery like all these other things or a fucking pandemic that has kept us inside and we've potentially experienced some loss i imagine that when we uh, again move towards opening up 
that adjustment period is going to be another time of like rocking with people's sense of self and sense of stability. Yeah, Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I think it's important to note to your point that like all those things can be traumatic, can be these major life events. But to your point about it being adjustment disorder and maybe not something like PTSD, um, it does subside. After six months, there is sort of a uh like you do readjust you do sort of like click back into like what society deems is like normal um right. whereas i feel like with ptsd it's way more of a situation where that you sort of relive that experience that experience is still there um and it's still mm, affecting you for years and years and years or months and months and months and months definitely beyond the six month period right and you know I, I really appreciate PTSD because there's also just like generalized depression and generalized anxiety. And sometimes people can go in to a therapist's office. Okay, I'll just actually, I'll stop talking like how one might come to this. And I'll kind of talk about my own personal experience. So adjustment disorder was the first thing that I was ever diagnosed with. And a lot of people, you know, you're saying that people in grad school are a lot of people are getting diagnosed, that you knew a lot of people are diagnosed with adjustment disorder. It's often the first thing that people are diagnosed with that have never been uh, into therapy or to mm-hmm. explore these things mm-hmm. before for a couple reasons. One, and the real reason is that it's something that does not last on your kind of medical record forever because it has this sort of three to six month timeline. If someone diagnoses you with adjustment disorder, that doesn't necessarily because of the way that that is uh, quantified, is not going to stick with you for the rest of your life. That is not a diagnosis like bipolar, like major depressive disorder, like chronic anxiety, that is going to potentially cause you stigma down the line. This is something that um, can also, though, because we aren't allowed to engage in psychotherapy without having some sort of diagnosis that insurance will buy, is something that insurance will accept. So it's a way to get therapy without a stigma a stigma diagnosis immediately is adjustment disorder. That being said, adjustment disorder is real, but a lot of people can come to adjustment disorder to say, for me personally, I was going through this breakup And for me, it had been about five months, almost half a year. So kind of coming up on that end of the, this kind of spectrum. And I was like, I went to therapy because I'm like, I am having these depressive episodes and this depressive kind of obsessive kind of thinking um, and this depression and anxiety. When we're talking about symptoms of, um, symptoms of adjustment disorder, depressed mood, frequent worrying, frequent crying, feeling jittery or nervous, social withdrawal, suicidal thoughts or behaviors. You know, we have these emotional sides and we also have these behavioral sides. I was experiencing a few of those things, right? And so I'm going in and being like, I feel like I should be able to get over this. I feel like I am holding on to something and my brain is not allowing me to do it no matter See, how much I the want. Key. Yeah. It's that. And so it's like, it's a recognition that there's like a disconnect between desire and your ability. Yeah. And it's exactly that. It's, it's, you do feel locked. You do feel stuck. It's like, I know I'm capable of not feeling this way or not right. behaving this way, right. but I cannot move past it. I cannot bring myself like past it. Right. Um, 
And for me, it was like, and I think a lot of people experience this too, is that you can kind of come into adjustment disorder and specifically think about what you are or are not adjusting to. And that doesn't necessarily have to be one event. A lot of people experience adjustment disorder when they're experiencing five or six adjustments at the same time. Right. And their brain just kind of is like, no, thanks. You know, like I'm, I'm out. I'm going to, I'm either going to avoid everyone and everything and just kind of retreat, or I'm going to be trying to do my life, but I'm just so sad. I can't really get around what I need to do. But for me, what happened was that I realized like, oh, this is actually a pattern in my life. Like if not every year, whether it's seasonal or if something happens that I am not able to adjust to, it sends me on this anxiety spiral. It sends me on this depressive spiral. And I was able to map that throughout my life. So I moved from this adjustment disorder diagnosis into a more generalized anxiety disorder, into a comorbidity with major depressive disorders. Like adjustment disorder was a a way for me to kind of hyper-focus on my present, but then by hyper-focusing on my present and recognizing the mini cycles that were kind of happening within this three-month period, I could zoom out and be like, oh my God. This has happened every two years. Yeah. This is see happened, that's the key. You know, I, I love that you said that you sort of have mapped this and tracked this because it is it can be so confusing. And I've been there to like to know that you suffer from some form of anxiety. And let me not say suffer. You have challenges with some form of anxiety sure. or depression, yeah. um, which it's me as well, right? I, I have challenges when it comes to depression. And then to take that and for it to be compounded by something like a major stressor in your life that happens that you can't necessarily prevent from happening. Um, I agree. Like, I think that I, I'm doing a lot of work now, a lot of that uh, preventative sort of proactive preparatory work with my therapist of like, this is how I'm feeling about a giant move that's coming up. I know that this is how I am when I get really stressed out about things. I know right. how easy it is for me to shut down. Even when like, I don't want to shut down. I will do it. And like, what can we do now to prevent that from happening? Because that's also not, that's not going to help the adjustment disorder. And it's definitely not going to help my depression. Like when it actually happens. That's right. Um, Yeah. And I, I think, I think people who maybe are identifying with some of the things that we're naming is like, oh, maybe that's what I'm experiencing right now. Don't also be afraid or like shy away or even trying to seek out other diagnosis if this is what fits right now, right? So when we're thinking about PTSD, the reason that we don't jump to PTSD um, first is because when we're thinking about post-traumatic stress disorder, we're thinking about things that are lasting longer than six months and then have another set of criteria that I would love to talk about PTSD another time. But the thing is, is that sometimes... If stress or trauma leads us into an adjustment disorder and then we don't do the emotional processing, if we don't do the processing of what's going on in our body when we're experiencing that adjustment disorder, that can potentially lead to PTSD. So it doesn't mean that you don't have it, but it's like it means that. What am I trying to say? Adjustment disorder can or experiencing this kind of like space of adjustment that fucking sucks. That's another way to say that as opposed to like disorder, right? If, if we're talking about three to six months, like that's a that's a weird thing to place a disorder on, I think, that's, which is why I don't fuck with the DSM-5 a little bit. But when I'm thinking about this, I'm like, I am trying to reframe it 
as my body telling me that I have something I need to listen to, that I have something I need to work on, that I have something that I am running from, that I have something that I am scared of, that I have something that I could make different choices about. I'm continuously putting myself in this dis- mm-hmm. in this situation that makes me feel like shit. Why do I keep putting myself in that situation? Like if I'm not adjusting to it, maybe I should stop trying to adjust to it and stop doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's like, which is like stuff though that you can kind of come out of therapy, right? Like there isn't really right. a way to... <sighs> lots and lots of stress can lead to adjustment disorder, but stress in and of itself is not adjustment disorder. Like having stress is not the same thing as this type of like multi-stacked behavioral and emotional catalog that sort of defines adjustment disorder. And like depressive disorders are hard to diagnose because they resemble things of adjustment disorder so much. But like, mm-hmm. um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I was watching this video recently of this woman who was talking about how the um, there's this hormone that's released in our brain that is something that really, uh, we is think it about it. In ter- huh? Is it cortisol? So I was going to say cortisol. And then I was like, I actually, I know how that can go when we're thinking about like the vagus nerve and we're thinking about like how trauma like is constantly released and that's like what PTSD symptoms kind of do to our flight or flight response you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's another one but it's more of the one that's related to the cuddle one it's like what's released when we get physical touch from people but it's like oxytocin yes thank you that's it um oxytocin I know my hormones yes you do (laughs) I don't I I have to take a test soon and I don't so oops but um it also lives in stress and so it's this thing of saying that like Instead of finding stress to be this terrible, scary thing, how do we think of it as an information giver? How do we think of it as an opportunity to do something different or let us know that it can be a kind of fuel as opposed to this sort of like stopping mind altering sort of thing that stress can be? That's not something that can happen overnight or by watching a fucking YouTube video, but I'm just saying like, We can think about adjustment disorder as this like uh, terrible thing. I also think there's a way for it to be like our body saying like, you are doing too fucking much, girl. And that is okay. Reach out to people, take a pause, make sure you focus on you. And then maybe make some efforts to potentially reach out to therapy. Or if you can't afford that, some of these other skills that we can discuss next week that allow us to get back on track because like our bodies hold a lot more information than what our brains do sometimes. Actually, like that's, that's hitting the nail on the head. I feel like with adjustment disorder, it's a situation where a lot of people don't know it when it's happening and they don't even know it after it's done. Right. Like they just know that, like, I don't know. I, I went through a breakup and it was really difficult for me to get over that breakup. And I don't know why it was so hard, but it was, or maybe I do know why it was so hard, but like, I didn't feel like myself for like six whole months. And it's also not to say that like after six months that like suddenly to your point, like it just the fog lifts or the thing just like goes away. And that's like, oh, so that was adjustment disorder. Like comorbidity, the way that like behavior and emotions and feelings and the world sort of like play off of each other. Like you could very well like suffer from adjustment disorder for two or three months. Well, let me not say two or three for like three or four months feel fine and then six months later like 
have something else happen or have yeah. another sort of triggering event happen related to that first one um that sort of sparks you know adjustment disorder again um but needless to say it's just one of those things where adjustment disorder i feel like is such a finite amount of time but if you're finding that your worry your sadness your anxiety isn't going away after a certain amount of time and you can't really link it to any specific thing consistently um like maybe talk to your therapist or talk to your doctor or talk to somebody about like what that means because with adjustment disorder i do feel like you're always able through therapy through talking to people like you can usually trace it back to like whatever the thing is that happened right and again like it doesn't necessarily have to be or things that happened It, it might be like we said like you went through a bad breakup it could be you went through a bad breakup and then an earthquake happened like two months later you know um it could be that like you went through a breakup right when you're going to school or moving to a new place or vice versa like you end up in a really sort of like sucky job situation when you're leaving your parents home there's just there's so much nuance to it and there's so many different ways that these things can play out but only you know sort of the weight and importance of those events and how they're like affecting you which i think is another reason why the dsm sort of fucking sucks because it's like who are you to tell me that like me going to school in another county is less stressful than me going to school in like a whole nother like city or state um i don't know like Mm -hmm. i feel like putting weight on that sort of stress is a don't do that to yourself because i hate comparing situations like don't compare your situation to somebody else's and whether or not that warrants whether you should be stressed out or not if you feel the stress if you feel the depression if you feel the worry if you feel the anxiety if you feel like you're not getting out if not feel if you're not getting out of bed if you're um reacting in a way that just does not feel like you to like a situation then that in and of itself warrants that like there is something serious going on with you whether or not other people think that it's a big deal or not right so don't also get yourself too caught up in like well like it's not like you know i was i don't know like sexually assaulted or it's not like i got fired from my job it's just it's really hard it's like that still warrants like a discussion with your therapist around like what's going on that's causing so much stress related to that and is there sort of a light at the end of the tunnel or not and sometimes the answer is no there's not and then like let's figure out what else it is then it might not be adjustment disorder so it's a flip it's there's two sides to it like it very well could be adjustment disorder and you should go figure that out with your therapist get that diagnosis if it works for you and um and we'll talk about it next week but start figuring out what sort of treatment what sort of um interventions can be put in place to to help you navigate that situation or it could very well be something else major depressive disorder generalized anxiety disorder ptsd it could very well be one of those um bigger sort of disorders in the dsm i'm not going to say that they're bigger than like adjustment disorder but um it could be one of those larger things that's happening but you're not going to know unless you're talking to somebody about it and you can start to sort of do what maddie did which is like track and like pay attention to when those emotions when those behaviors are popping up in your life right and i think that's great advice and i think for me you know i had this Uh, I had a therapist who educated me a little bit, but then we didn't have a relationship that lasted so long, not long enough 
beyond the realm of adjustment disorder that I walked away without fully being educated on the fact that like adjustment disorder does not mean that for the rest of my life, I will have trouble adjusting to things. That's what I thought. I thought for a long time I was like, Oh, I'm Maddie and I have a hard time with adjustment. And like, that's a little bit true because of some things, but like the way it's not true is that once you gain some skills and some awareness around how to help yourself or reach out for help or have more awareness around your cycles or whatever, you'll have less trouble adjusting, you know? So like I was like, I had this thing in my head that any sort of life adjustment was going to send me on a spiral, which then made me fearful to try new things and do new things because I thought that I was broken in a way that was going to like, every time something like that happened, I was going to have to deal with the depression, deal with the sleep, deal with the anxiety. And like, that was a fault, I think, of my therapist education of me, you know, like that, that should have been something that was offered in a different way than you have adjustment disorder. Let's think about the here and now. Well, let's revisit that diagnosis. Let's revisit our conversation from the first one that I had. Um, Something else that I'm thinking about too, is that we live in such a culture that we're supposed to like things that happen to us are supposed to make us feel strong. You know, like we're supposed to be able to get through things. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be able to like move through the shit. And when they're all sort of these things that can potentially be little in quotes, like, like a new job, but like they all happen all at once. You're not coming from a weak space. If you're saying that this is overwhelming, like that isn't coming from a weak space. And sometimes we can move into adjustment disorder because what happens when we're not feeling great is we isolate when really the thing that would help us most is reaching out to our community. But because we're going through a tough time, we don't know how to do that conversation. We don't know how to do that. Um, And so that's something that I think can be helpful in terms of like, maybe we'll get into more specific interventions later, but it's like for this, for now, just breathe and notice, recognize and remember that you are worthy of love and like you may not got it today, but like you're going to put in that work. And if there's people that care about you or have ever cared about you, letting them know that you're having a hard time without necessarily asking them to do anything, but just fucking telling someone that can honestly get us on that road towards like, I have some awareness. I want this to change. What can I do to start thinking about that change? And as opposed to thinking of it as this internal monologue What can we do together? What can we collectively do? Because a lot of the shit that causes adjustment disorder is oppressive systems being oppressive systems. And we're having to navigate seven systems at a time that fucking suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that, you know, if if you have not picked up on this, every single person that listens to this podcast and every single person you have probably talked to in your life has experienced adjustment disorder. I almost promise you, like at least once, like they have, like we all go through something super stressful in life, right? Like there are very few people I can think of, even think about the person you think has it the most together. Like they have experienced something that caused, caused them a lot of stress and anxiety um, and worry because that's just life dude like that's literally i just said dude um that's just life like i'm rubbing off on you i know life is not this picture perfect beautiful thing that is always going to go your way and you're not ever going to have to experience any friction or challenge to anything like no matter how much money you have and how much 
privilege you have there is going to be at least one event that is going to be like oh i was not prepared for this or i don't really know how to navigate this situation um so i say that to say i want people to feel more open with talking about what they're having a difficult time with because we all have a difficult time with things right? right like and the and the more that you can share what's bothering you what's happening with you what you're sort of um what you're dealing with and what you might be struggling with who knows who you're gonna find that may not be going through the same thing as you but can at least say like hey i remember a time when like i was really going through it too after like i moved like i get that you're like you're going through a breakup and that's different from moving but like here are some things that were like maybe the same for me and not to say that that's like here's me giving you advice but it's more of i can identify with that feeling i can identify with that behavior because Mm -hmm. i was doing it as well for a completely different situation um and i think another way to think about what you're just saying which is oh god sorry which is like everyone has experienced this disorder is that it's fucked up that the mental health world has described and prescribed a disordered way of thinking to a very natural way to coming mm-hmm. to how we experience the demands of consistent productivity and output and adulting mm-hmm. when things are shifting around us, especially when they are out of our control. This sort of, quote, maladaptive way of moving through life is actually based on my experience, it sounds like based on your experience, based on most everyone I know, is actually a really fucking natural way to come to this world. This world that- It's really, really normal. And it's why the whole sort of- Yeah, no, that whole like, so there's like that whole like white girl version of self-care and there's like even like self-help books and even sometimes this just like over, this like toxic positivity about like operating in the world can be, I mean, can be so toxic. Like that's- Why I will never, ever, ever recommend that stuff. I will never exactly. recommend, well, you know, just like do your best and put a smile on and go out in the world and like just do your best. It's like, no, that shit is difficult sometimes. And sometimes yeah. you don't want to do that, period. And so can like, lead to like this depersonalization that? of you're like trying to literally live in this mask that is not you. You right. know, you're you're putting you put are putting a version of yourself so far away from who you actually are yeah. that the shit that is making you st- sh- sad and scared and anxious is still there it just you buried it in your body and it's going to come up in nine months when you don't expect it which is just a version of shaming to me like you're shaming exactly. me out of having a negative emotion like <sighs> exactly why? because you don't know how to deal with a negative emotion like get that out of my face so get that out of my face that's i mean that's a whole tangent for another day but that yeah. shit really bothers me and i mean it's very much so related to adjustment disorder like it just yeah. it takes time to adjust to different things happening in your life and if anybody is ever meeting you with like do it faster or don't worry about it or do it with a smile on your face fuck them like fuck honestly them. Yeah. Um, I really appreciated this. I think that when we were texting about it, we were both naming that we have things that were are coming up for us. And I know just from our previous conversations that this was kind of our first diagnoses that like kind of opened up thing for us. I think the important thing for me to take away from this is that there's this simultaneous thing of like, let's destigmatize everyone having this quote disorder or having experienced it at some point. And at the same time, let's work against a, a system that says that it's a disorder and let's figure out how to take care of each other. Um, next week, we're going to offer some 
specific exercises and things that you can do alone or with a therapist or with your friends um, that can kind of help alleviate some stress, which is a really, really giant symptom of adjustment disorder. For now, let's take a break and then we'll come back and take some all righty we are back to take some meds do some homework and get the fuck up out of here um <laughs> so i'll go first um this should be fairly quick because i am just super duper duper grateful and happy and joyful that i have friends like you maddie and carlos and Andres and Jess and Al, who are taking care of my pup, Blue, while I'm in L.A. for two weeks. I was, I mean, I wasn't even a little, I was really stressed out about Blue getting taken care of because typical me in life, like, I don't have time for a lot of stuff. So I'm always at this point, like, at this point, I've become the person that I never wanted to be, which is like, I react to a lot of stuff or like, do things last minute because I just haven't had the time to, um, to dedicate any focus or energy to it. And... I felt kind of bad because I was like, fuck, I did that with my own living creature that I take care of. Like I waited till the week of to like find him somebody to like take care of him, which it was going to happen regardless. But I don't know. I'm just I'm filled with a lot of joy and happiness. And although I've been in text messages, but not in text messages over this last week, I felt the love from you guys and from you all taking care of my my little child, my little puppy dog, my little, yeah. well, he's not a puppy anymore. My, my dog child who yes. it seems like loves y'all, knows y'all, like is bothering you just as much and apparently attacking vacuums as well. Oh my God. That was genuinely hilarious. Y'all, I brought this vacuum over so I could like help clean up this couch that Blue had decided to make his bed. And I was like turning it on and Blue like, I've just never seen, I no dogs like vacuums, obviously. Jolene will run away from it. I know some dogs that'll like stare at it and maybe growl. Blue attacked it. He, he fully will he just go after it. He opened his jaws and was like, no. And was like trying to grab the wheel and rip it out of my hands and was just like, you will not fucking ruin my couch. That is mine. How fucking dare you be here? And then I put him <laughs> in the room and then he just barked because he was like, I can't believe you're ruining my house. Like, like that was the, <clears throat> that How was the energy. you clean this space? <laughs> well, he was just like, and then when, when he came to the rug later and he was like trying to find his spot to lay down, he was like, this doesn't smell like me anymore. I just, I feel like everything's off. I hate it here. It was very funny. Um, also, uh, I love honestly having a sort of like office to come to. I like feel like I'm coming over here to like have a little office to, I'm like, Oh, this that. is just like, this is where I spend my days. Um, when I anyway. get back, you can do that anytime. You can come work with me in my in my apartment. Okay. All right. Cute. <laughs> um, I don't. I, in the same way, Spencer doesn't like me screaming on Zoom all day. I doubt you will too. So uh, I won't do no, that. We can to just you. both scream on our separate Zooms. Yeah. <laughs> um, so honestly, I'm going to be honest. I had a rough week. I um, speaking of adjustment disorder, I don't know what is going on. I've just had a lot of really intense. Um, honestly, traumatic responses like to like shit that has not been that big of a deal, like, Mm. or that has not actually been as big of as big as it has felt. Um, and I've had to notice that and I've had to sit with that, that I'm like, I have, because I'm stressed, I'm having a much easier access to the parts of my reactions that I do not like. And like, um, that's Mm. been hard. Um, but that being said, uh, something silly happened last night. I was on Twitter and some, kids from Brandeis University um, 
leaked this link to a Zoom thing where Charlie XCX was giving this private concert and Q&A to these Brandeis students. So it was supposed to just be like for their like Spring Fest 2021 or whatever. And they were having like, (laughs) I'm sure some local person and some whatever. And I log on and Charlie XCX is in her living room giving like karaoke to these Brandeis students. And I'm just like watching and it was like really silly it was kind of cute i only caught the end of it by the time that i saw the link that it had been happening for a minute but um at the end though she disappeared for a second and then they had this q a um and most of the questions were like kind of boring and the funniest part is that you could just tell charlie was like didn't want to be there <laughs> like it was like it was obviously some student union paid her her booking fee because it's a fucking private university oh it's like gosh. how reed gets those fucking like it's how Reed got like Doja Cat two weeks after Tia Tamara came out. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. kind of vibe. Um, and uh, what am I saying? Oh, it was just um, I got kicked out because I asked in the Q&A in the chat. I asked what drugs were Charlie's favorites and why. And all these students were like, ew, get out of here. No. And then I got kicked out. But I just logged in with my other Zoom account to finish. <laughs> um but uh, I'm going to play this uh, quick <laughs> clip. Of... so ridiculous. I love you. <laughs> I was just like hanging out with these 22 year olds. They were all like class of 2023 here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, you fucking brand ice ass motherfuckers. I want to go this... be an imposter now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but here's this little clip of Charlie talking about what would happen if she was on a desert island uh, and how she would get off of it. Um, and also just hearing her voice, how much she doesn't want to be there. It's very funny. <laughs> My last question to you, right? You're on a deserted island, mm-hmm. and if you and two artists that the world knows and loves, dead or alive, and the only way to get off this dead island is to make the most influential, like heart wrenching, just like movement music that you could make, who are the two artists that you're bringing with you? Uh, I'd probably say Dua Lipa and Tyvlo, just because. I think we'd make a good song, but if we didn't, we'd at least just like have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Before the <end> world. <laughs> yeah, so I would say those two. Yo, I love that answer, y'all. Yo, please make put put threes up in the chat right now. Let's go off. Let's go crazy. We got the one and only Charlie XEX in the building. I'm so honored. Thank you for being thank here. You. And I hope Thanks. you have a great night, y'all. Yeah, thank you so much. Nice to speak to you. Bye. Nice to speak to you all. See you soon. The threes are going crazy. We love you. Oh, okay, that's my man. What's her homework, babe? Um, before we get in the homework, Maddie was just typing, and there was a lot of forearm in the camera. <laughs> wow, you got so, such big forearms. Thick forearms. <laughs> um, homework for this week. So, we were talking about adjustment disorder, and next week we're going to be talking about treatment and intervention for adjustment disorder. So... Uh, you're going to probably have, a, I guess we'll consider it a two-parter homework too. Um, part one for this episode, uh, we're going to identify some adjustment disorder because like I said, I think we've all experienced this at least once in our lives. So um, not really too specific here. I mean, literally just think back on your life. Like think back on your life. Think about an event that happened that... I mean, I I don't want us to venture into trauma here, like not something that was super traumatic. And please don't do this if it's like if something is super triggering that's happening for you. Think back on your life on something that you are willing to approach from a place of, you know, hindsight is 2020. I can like look back on this and like understand it as a period of time, 
um, maybe for three months where I needed to like adjust to a change in my life um, and just write that down. Honestly, write it down. And then I want you to write down what that experience was like from an emotional standpoint and from a behavioral standpoint. Right. So if the if the answer of what you're coming to right now is, um, I don't know, I I got married, I got married or I, I got a, I broke up or got a divorce. Just write that down and then write down the feelings that are that were attached to that in that during that time, not necessarily now, today, currently, um, and then write down sort of how you behaved in those situ- in that situation. Um, you know, did you lock yourself in a room? Did you, could you not get out of bed? Were you constantly like irritated and like yelling at people every time that you talk to them? Um, just write down the behaviors, write down how you felt. You know how I say there's no right or wrong. It's all just information. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then and- what we'll do is examine that next week. Um, and can start to look for whether there are patterns in your life and what you can sort of do to, yeah. to um, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? To work on what it. You, what you can do to work on it. There we go, yeah. to work on it. Um, but we're not there yet. I just want you guys to identify the actual um, situation, the challenge that happened in your life, the stressor that happened in your life. And then I want you to identify um, the feelings and the behaviors attached to it back then. Um, And then next week, we'll talk a little bit more about what you can do with that. And I think, you know, if thinking about it in terms of like whether or not I had adjustment disorder is kind of confusing about it. Just think about intense stress that you had Mm -hmm. some trouble with. And if that's something that you're dealing with currently, that's perfect. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be past tense as in three years ago or five years ago. It can be like last week and since then I've been feeling X. And I think that that's beautiful and okay and something to think about. Um, Agreed. Well, uh, we're back to form with a, a longer episode, but uh, we just want to appreciate again um, all the love and support that has been offered over this first year. Excited to step into year two with all of you. Um, big, 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 big thank you to Momager Ali Kiltz for editing, Carlos Valle and Keanu Marrero for design and socials and thank you to Marquis and Shanti Darling for letting us use their music be sure to follow us at QBT pod on Instagram and Twitter subscribe share if you have shit you want us to talk about if you have a problem that and you're not in therapy and you're like I know y'all are therapists but not my therapist but I still want to know what y'all think Send us an email to qbtpodcast at gmail.com or feel free to leave us a voicemail at 971-220-8874. That also takes text messages. So 971-220-8874. We want to talk to y'all. We loved doing that last episode, hearing from y'all and responding directly to what you're interested in. and Let we'll us know always what you're keep loving. everything anonymous and confidential, just like yeah. it was an actual therapy session. If you yeah. want to give us a fake name, even if it's your real name, we'll probably just give you a fake name or just yeah. say it's from anonymous. But yeah, we love hearing from y'all. I had so much fun last episode answering those questions hungover. It was great. Um, <laughs> do you know how I'm going to end, end this episode? No. Finish him. Okay. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to talk slick, all up in my ear and shit. <laughs> <laughs>